0: Captain's Log, Stardate 76839.2. The Vigilant is en route to Deneb-2 to conduct a comparative analysis of life forms that can mimic others. Starfleet Command is interested in how this may help us operationally in the future. This episode of These are the Voyages is dedicated to All of this happening before, and will certainly happen again. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are The Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and we're back at it, talking Picard-related stuff uh, by way of talking about next-gen-related stuff. And to join me on this little trip down memory lane or future something, my dear friends, you know them, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David, how you fellas doing? It's been a minute.
1: Doing good. It's almost like, you know, we didn't get to see each other like several times in the past few weeks, you know, just stalking episodes. It's weird. It's really weird, actually.
2: Yeah, it was especially after like last year when there was like a year, like 48 straight weeks of episodes. <laughs> <That's laughs> it feels kind of weird that there's like a, a, like a over a month break in between Picard right. and Strange New Worlds.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, like. W- I mean, we've been, like, spoiled, like, the last few years, like, with all the Trek that's been coming out. And, yeah, we have, like, about a month or so of a break, right, between the end of Picard and the beginning of um, Strange New Worlds Season 2. So we had to create, apparently, some kind of excuse to come back and chat with each other about something. At least that's that's what the script says. We're talking about something today. So anyway, well since um, the voyage with season three of Picard ended, uh, what's been what's been happening? Anything anything kinda cool? Um, happening in y'all's neck of the Alpha Quadrant? Not so much.
2: No. I mean it was it was A P <laughs> testing season at our school. Yeah. So like all A yeah. P tests, right? Two straight weeks of A P testing, right? <laughs> Man, don't threaten me stu- with a good time. Students, we have some students that take like five AP courses at a time huh. so we're, an AP, we're an AP for all school um, yeah and so we're proctoring them and then you know if you test four hours in the morning and then you're like well you don't really want to teach a lesson after that so you just you know put on a movie in class that you have after that or TV show right we watched I finally watched episode two of the Mandalorian in class yesterday <laughs> just haven't gotten to it. Someone said, hey, can you put on the Mandalorian? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So it's been a nice, easy two weeks for me. Good. Good.
0: Well, shortly after uh, we wrapped on uh, Picard, um, we went on, I slash we went on a whirlwind of a a trip myself Um, so the university I I work at our students graduated and I gotta say I really like how they do graduations at this school that I work at. Um, We do it by division instead of by an entire like university so I really like that. So like we're um, our division it's just like the graduate and online programs. So if you're like the gra- you know, if you're in some kind of graduate school online, whatever, something or another, that's what division you're in. That's how you graduate, basically. So we had, we're, we're already a really small university, but our um, our division had, I want to say in the ballpark of like 40 or 50 graduates, and it was an hour from start to finish. from the time you start marching in, doing all the speechy speech stuff to the time you walk out and you know you get hugs and handshakes and high fives an hour. I'm like okay other universities need to watch this and do this because this is how you do it right here and I, I absolutely loved it and um, had a good time and then after that it was um, being on vacation and going to Virginia for my own graduation and that was a trip getting from Virginia to or, I'm sorry, from Indiana to Virginia. Um, had to fly from the Fort Wayne area to uh, Philly for a layover before going there. What should have been like a 30-minute flight, guys, from Philly to Norfolk, was six and a half hours. Boy. It oh. was rough. It, it was, was rough. rough. And we weren't allowed to plane at all, so we were, we were on the bird for six and a half hours it was it was a nightmare and uh, so my family was at the airport in Virginia waiting on me for five of those hours with two kids yeah don't recommend that but anyways we had a good time Um, got to hang out by the ocean and um, see some dolphins do some like flippy do stuff that was kind of cool and uh, I don't know I got nothing else that's that's all I got. It was it was
1: fun. So.
2: Yeah, I, I
1: have no fun. No fun stories. We're just preparing my brother for his move, so clearing out a bunch of stuff with him, and yeah, <laughs> working.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. we. Uh, I mean, we're. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, we we got back just a a handful of days ago, like almost a week ago. Uh, from that so Ash has been playing catch up at work you know with emails and uh, we're in week um, two of the the summer semester there's seven now so um, yeah we're we're plugging away and um, I guess apart from that I was having a minor freak out of trying to figure out how to renew my driver's license before it expires here pretty soon got that figured out somehow and um I don't know I got nothing else. This might be a really short lodge meeting gang. I don't I don't know.
1: How does one freak out over a driver's license? So <clears throat> I got um
0: a letter you know from uh from the state saying, "Hey, you're you need to actually go into the office to renew your license, get you a new picture, all that stuff." And it was like very detailed like with stuff that you need to like be aware of and like do or whatever and i saved the letter because like mind you this was like february or march when it was sent to me um and i had put it on the fridge and i knew that i was gonna need to get it done here pretty soon so i'm like looking for this letter and i can't find the letter and i'm like i have no idea like what paperwork i need to bring like because i've just seen like really long lines for them like going out the door, like with people like getting there like 30 minutes before the place even opens, trying to get their driver's license stuff taken care of. I'm like, I don't want that to be me. So I'm like, I need to know the first time what I need when you renew. Apparently there was a recent change um, here in Texas where you need um, at a minimum to renew your, um, like a official or a certified copy of your birth certificate when you renew, which I have, that's no big deal. But apparently, if you don't bring it, like if and you don't have it, like when you show up, you have to like come back and bring some other things too. So I'm like, ah, what do I need? Like, do I need to bring anything else? So, um, and then it was just like this task of like, you have to apparently schedule an appointment to renew your driver's license. Also, you can't just like walk in. Mm-hmm. So, it expires on my birthday. My birthday is coming up soon. So, <clears throat> the earliest was that was showing up for most of these places was um, like early July and I'm like that's not gonna work at all and I just kept like looking like at different cities like near and far and I have no idea how it happened guys but um, I did find one like it was today like the day that we're recording and it was like at one tw- it was 1 in the afternoon and whenever i saw this it was like 12 30 or something like that and i'm like 30 minutes away from where this place is i'm like gotta go so let's do this and um, it was great like i got there five minutes before my appointment sat there had to fill out like a renewal application and i was done in 15 minutes it was crazy
1: good lord texas the freest state in the union oh my god well, I mean, we just renew ours every four years. Every four years, before your birthday, you go in, you pay twenty bucks, you get a license, you leave.
2: Like well, I, uh, man, right when I moved, to, when I moved to Texas, I, you know, I had to get a new Texas license, and you had, I had to make an appointment. Like Chase said, you couldn't just go in, and it literally was six months before I could get an appointment after I well, moved. Why? I've, it doesn't I make any sense. I guess they were still operating under COVID protocols, oh. right? So they were, like, waiting. This was, you know, this was fall of 2021, right? Which, whatever. But, like, it took oh. six months to get an appointment.
1: That's mm. crazy. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are just so many. So so many DMVs or BMVs. We have both acronyms here for whatever reason. Uh, there, there's just so many of them it just around every city seems to have one. You just, and all this, you know, you have so many interconnected cities, you just find one. And you go, yeah. I mean, I, I've been in some lines. Um, technically it was like, uh, I don't know. I guess it was probably COVID ish, but I still had some plans on going on a trip and they were recommending getting those new federal compliant licenses for flying. So I went to just get it done. And uh, where I was living at the time, you could go online and just put yourself in line. <laughs> so you just had a line and it's like, this is your probable time, just be here then. It wasn't really an appointment. It was just your, you can either come and stand in line or you get virtually online and you just skip the line. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that sounds terrible. You ha- you guys have some weird car-related
2: Laws down there. You're welcome. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, (laughs) how so? I got my registration updated, and you know, you got to put the little sticker on your windshield, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did my registration, so it's up, yeah, on your windshield, right? You have to put a little sticker on the corner of your windshield. What did I say? You said windshield. I. We put ours on the back
1: of our license plates what that's you what you
2: did in then? michigan and missouri too but ah, in texas go. you got a little sticker Watch on your windshield right <laughs> yep. and um so like i I updated my registration for you know 2023 but i don't know where the sticker is so, <laughs> so like it's not and oh no, no no when we were when we were driving to new orleans i was you know i was on the highway and we were driving and it was late and I got the cop lights flashed behind me when we were on the highway. I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm not even going that fast. <laughs> What's wrong? So I pulled off, and he was like, you know, one of your one of your taillights is out. I was like, oh, that's all it is. Yes, I'm aware of that. I'll get it fixed. And then he looked at the front windshield. was like, and your registration's out of date. I was like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. I just don't have the sticker. Please look it up in your... Because <laughs> we're still in Texas I Look it up in your system I promised you I did it
1: <laughs> See that I, I hate that because they know It's in their system They know if it's expired
2: or not it,
1: The sticker doesn't actually
2: matter All that. No much. I know he, he, he looked it up And he's like you gotta get put that sticker on there I was like I know I gotta find it <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah Ours is just a
1: small sticker that you put on the back Of the license plate You know, I I buy mine for three years, and you can get them longer than that. But I generally do three years, and and away you go.
0: Yeah. So, with uh, one thing that you missed out on, Eric, um, it changed um, like a handful of years before you moved here. But it was you had to have two stickers at one point in your windshield. Uh, one was um, to prove that you passed your, your emissions test, and the other one was your, your registration. Well, people were um, <clears throat> um, doing some uh, questionable things to, to get their emissions to pass, so the state cracked down on it, and um, they, they, <laughs> their campaign to transition from two stickers to one, they called it the Texas Two-Step, And it was for you to go get your state inspection and then for the authorized inspection place to essentially enter something into this system so that the people at um, DMV or whatever, DPS, whatever, could prove that you actually did, you know, go to like a legitimate place um, before they would give you your registration sticker.
1: Freedom isn't free, just takes government overreach. <laughs> anyway. That's just funny how, how different it is state by state. <clears throat> yep. We don't have emissions testing. Or
0: really Michigan should, in my opinion. The problem
1: Michigan... is, is all of our stuff just <clears throat> cost quite a bit. That That's all. I mean, the registration and a lot of the stuff like that just keeps going up. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if the if it's different in states, but like I mean, we have taxes for uh, uh, electric cars, hybrid cars. So if you have one of those, because you're not paying gas tax through the gas, you, you, you're getting charged. I think it's another 150, 200, 250 bucks. Wow. For registration. Wow. So yeah. Every state has their quirks. Oh wow wow wow. Yes they do.
0: Well, apparently, when it comes to driver's license, you can renew online, um, and then the following time you have to renew in person. So, Dang. this is the first time I got a new picture for my license since I moved here almost 13 years ago. So, yeah, no more baby face on my driver's license. So there we go. <clears throat> anyway, guys, should we just get past the adventures in driving land and talk trek?
2: Yes, okay. let's do
0: it <laughs> right. All right everyone well welcome back to the show. Um, as we um, we're gonna we're gonna take an interesting kind of I think it's an interesting or fun whatever kind of look at um, two kind of similar storylines um, this time. So we, we of course took the time to you know go through each episode of, of Picard. Right. Um, but there, there was an already similar storyline that I want us to talk about. And when I was pitching this to the guys, I was like, you know, there's this little, little story in season one of Next Gen called Conspiracy. And I kind of want to, you know, kind of compare it, kind of talk about that in relationship to season three of Picard. So, um, y'all were like, all right, whatever, let's do it. So Conspiracy, um this was like the to my understanding this is the only episode of Next Gen that was removed from syndication because of how graphic it was um especially like those last 5 minutes of the episode um so we can start wherever y'all want to but um in terms of like your own exposure to um, that season one story, uh, can you remember, you know, maybe the how or the when you first maybe were exposed to that particular episode? Before we get too into like analysis and comparing and stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I saw it. I um, when I first did my first complete watch through of the Next Generation, which would have been in two thousand and six uh freshman year of college yep i i had them all bootleg dvds right (laughs) didn't we all (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that
1: may or may not have been how i like uh watched enterprise when it came out just uh you know some some sites
2: Chase may or may not have watched my bootleg DVD.
1: <laughs> I have
2: no idea what you're talking this about. This is not
1: an admission of guilt. This is
2: all alleged The Statute creating. of limita- the Statute of Limitations <laughs> is over at this point.
0: For the for what it's worth, I watched Next Gen legally, thank you very much, on Spike TV. But everything else
1: oh, Spike TV
0: oh, I might have had a source named Commander Eric.
1: I actually don't remember when I first watched it <clears throat> I mean I, I I remember watching next gen when I was a kid you know as it was actually coming out on network television but it, it, I wouldn't have been watching at the time when season one it came out it would it would have been a little late probably more like maybe season what like four or five something in that mm-hmm. age. it was a little little later <clears throat> that I would have kind of been into that but we didn't actually have cable for a while quite a while anyway and channels flip and sometimes you can't get them sometimes in my hometown anyway um god i i I feel like i probably rented either i mean i have to assume it might have been a dvd at that point but it might have still been cassettes but i'm pretty sure that i I had rented it from the library you know along at some point being a kid and just watching through um funny enough i don't really remember that episode like at all until much later and i i kind of think it was probably maybe around this a similar time to eric when i actually sort of did like a full rewatch of everything and just started Mm -hmm. you know jumbling everything together so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah for me i honestly i can't remember watching uh conspiracy like on Spike TV whenever i was watching next gen for the first time um like i have no i, I can i honestly can't remember if it would have like gone if it would have been allowed by that point like around 2006 or 7 I and mean, surely it, it would have
1: i would have had to assume cuz like <clears throat> like the sci-fi channel was doing weirder stuff mm. than that Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you about, this is like a tangent story, but did I ever tell you about the nightmare I had from like one of those like sci-fi channel short movies?
2: Uh-uh.
1: It stayed no. with me for a while Bring it. and it's really dumb Bring and you it. can't laugh at it. Too late. But it was, uh, I, I, I don't remember if it was like a Tales from the Crypt or something. It was like one of those formats where it was several short stories, but basically... The whole premise was there was this family mother and two kids one of the kids was sick but their vacuum cleaner came to life and it would suck your soul out and if you made any sound it would like beeline to you the fastest a vacuum can get to you so i just remember the very end where the girl the the you know the daughter is running through the house turning everything on like the blender electric pencil sharpener and all this stuff to make noise to distract the vacuum and then she wound up killing it with a fire poker I just remember having a dream not too long after that where it had literally just killed everybody in the house and I had to shoot it with a shotgun I was just a kid and I was like huh. I don't ever want to watch that show again huh. <laughs> cheesy sci-fi stuff somehow I think I remember that I,
0: remember I have there no being,
2: memory of that I,
0: whatsoever. I remember what it was called, but I remember there being something about, like, blenders and racket. I do remember something about
1: that. Yeah, the vacuum was attracted to sound, and that sucked your soul. Oh, <laughs> <vey>. Well, <clears throat>
0: uh, so regardless of, of the how and the when, I mean, there's, there's like, maybe some um, some fuzziness with that, with, with maybe one or two of us. But... Um, mm-hmm. This again, this was a very um, very graphic um, episode um, that the censors um, ultimately determined, you know, wasn't allowed um, past its original broadcast uh, for a while. <clears throat> so with this particular story, I mean, we we've already like painstakingly gone through Picard. Like, we don't need to like rehash like the first you know eight episodes basically of Picard. I don't think. Um, but there, there is like some similar stuff. So we, we know that, um, in, in conspiracy, um, we have the enterprise that's en route to a planet called Pacifica. Um, and, um, along the way, uh, Picard's like having his little nap or whatever in his room. And we have Riker and company on the bridge. And there's this message coming through. It's a code 47, which is captain's eyes, ears, whatever, only, um, from a, um, a fellow captain, we later find out. Uh, we need to meet up, and he talked to you about something, um, just you, no one else, hush-hush type of thing, and uh, we end up going to a place that looks strangely like Mustafar, as far as I can say, uh, when it's all said and done, um, and it's this whole, like, prove who we hope you are type of thing, uh, trying to play some gotcha games, um, and it starts off... A lot like what Beverly was saying to Picard, like, trust no one, you know, is what you know, got us to this point. And we had Captain um, Walker of the um, USS Horatio saying, trust no one. So <clears throat> in terms of, of just the setup of this conspiracy episode, like, what do we think about it so far? Like, how it's, like, shaping up at this
2: point? I mean, it sets up a pretty intriguing premise. Like, why would you not want to trust everybody? This is uh from what you know about Star Trek, is everyone gets along, mm-hmm. right? Everyone within Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very cloak and dagger. I, I love the spy, the spy movies. So, like, I was, I was into it. It was like, oh, okay, we're, yeah.
1: Well, you've had a. I don't know what is it I don't want to say like a rosy view of, <clears throat> of of Starfleet to this point but you know you kind of feel safe with this big Starfleet entity behind you mm-hmm. but the uh the premise that anything could possibly be wrong with it so early on is uh is is a little disconcerting it kind kind of keeps you on your toes it's kind of nice to be kept on your toes a little bit
0: yeah So, after, you know, this, like, prove yourself kind of thing, like, we we hear this idea that uh, people are acting all sorts of funny, like, we're redirecting assets um, away from, like, certain uh, planets and sectors and, you know, so on and so forth, and, um, you know, not sure what's going on, and... Just trying to really make sense of this and you know walkers essentially saying you know please just trust me like you owe me old friend type of thing like please take my word for it and picard like apprehensively you know agrees to this essentially and we eventually get um, data doing his data thing like looking into this at like the speed of light essentially And determining that this is like essentially a prelude to invasion is kind of like what we're we're sensing and hey maybe we should you know go knock on the front door of of starfleet and be like what's going on gang like why are we doing this what's up
1: yeah such a bold step no plan we're just gonna go knock on the front door it's like why not (laughs) (laughs) why not
2: (laughs) yeah why not
0: So, I mean, I mean, of course, like a lot's got to happen in 45 minutes of television. Like, yeah, like it's a self-contained story, so you have to get from start to finish in that amount of time. So, of course, things had to move a lot faster than what we get in serialized television, like we did with Picard, of course. <clears throat> but along the way with all this, though, we we see this debris in space, and we surmise that it's. The Horatio, um, which sucks. And um, in arriving back to Starfleet and seeing the Admiralty, right? Um, just kind of sitting there, and then Remick, um, which we saw this guy named Remick just a few episodes um, earlier, whenever he was doing his own little. Um, investigation aboard the enterprise and people weren't too keen on him being there that's a different episode but it was also I think a good setup for Coming this episode as well yeah very good very good setup in my opinion for this particular episode um, yeah we're 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 getting the sense that the admiralty is is taking over but hey Quinn's in our corner we, we should trust the admirals right gang like Tng has taught us, we can trust the Admirals, especially ones that have been on previous episodes before.
2: Am I right? I mean, we did a whole podcast on the rogue Admirals. Like, that one thing that we're, we know for certain is don't trust the Admirals. Never trust an admiral. Right? I mean, I think too short of a season, right, Was it was in season one of the show. So as much as we got it in, you know, the original series and the movies, we're getting it again in season one. Don't trust the admirals.
0: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) But Eric, he was on a previous episode. I know he was. We can trust him, man.
2: Yeah. Right? He wanted to promote Picard to the Commandant of the Academy.
0: Which happened, like, about 30 years later, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine.
2: It's fine. (laughs) He had a good
1: idea. It just took a while.
2: No big deal. NBD. It's fine. But you know, <clears> one other thing that I, that I think is like similar to this setup here between between conspiracy and and Picard is, yeah, they can mimic what they look like. Are they here? We're not mimicking what they look like. We're just taking over their bodies. But there's this whole idea of prove who you say you are. Prove who you say you are. And uh, when Picard lands on this planet for the secret meeting, the his friend is like. Do you remember when I introduced, when you introduced Jack Crusher to Beverly? I didn't, I didn't know her yet. You introduced them. And my brother, no, my brother did. You don't have a brother. You have, you know, two sisters and he tells their names and, and it's like, Hey, they, they can, they can control the body and they can fake what you look like, but they don't know the memory. And that's the same way that we try to catch changelings. Yeah. Right. That have, that have infiltrated it. We are like, Hey, uh, what's my commander? Commander what? Commander 7. Or Commander Hansen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh A true Vulcan would never go to that planet because of the anti-Kolonar protests.
0: Again, what is a an anti-Kolonar <laughs> protest?
2: But, I mean, that's the way you get them. That's the way you figure it out is um, they can't fake the memory. They don't mm-hmm. know the memory. That's
0: true. It's true. <clears throat> so that's the thing i, I I've been kind of wondering, like I don't know how much we want to a- actually keep going through the, this particular episode, but I mean, obviously there are there's there's parallels, there's a lot of overlap, a lot of maybe borrowing of story ideas. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm hoping that this will, like what we're doing doing for this episode will be, you know, somewhat of like a mini episode, kind of like a little bit of a, a breather between like the longer stuff that we typically do. But <clears throat> with with the whole like, you know, prove who you say you are, you know, this pretending to be someone else type of thing, um, conspiracy within Starfleet, some kind of invasion, right? Where, whether it's um, these little critter things or it's You know the Borg Changeling Alliance type of thing. Um, What do we think about that um, in terms of like the, the like how strong a similarity there is between the two stories?
1: I mean, there, there's there's definitely similarity, and there there's some difference, but I think that. I, I I think we would even talked about this I actually kind of think this would have been a kind of a fun premise to have actually brought into Picard like the beacon finally got somewhere and then just through split space was just a bunch of little flying little pincher eight pincer aliens and they're taking over stuff that would have been kind of interesting um, I don't know if it if it was well I guess it was at least for Quinn but did the other people all survive that were taken over by these aliens because it kind of seemed like maybe some of them died i mean i know we were shooting shooting a kill basically
2: well i think it's uh, that anybody that got shot before the like the host the main host died is dead but once the main host died everybody came back okay. that's good
1: but it was it was still a pretty pretty scary premise though um, the changelings was kind of like ah eh, you know pretty much all the people that we liked are still alive They're they're still there it's cool um, but it, it does kind of go back to sort of some of what we what we've talked about before about like originality because the the changeling infiltration already happened mm-hmm. I mean we had that whole storyline and, and it was kind of funny when you were talking about the um, the memory thing, I don't really remember that being a premise during the original changeling sort of incursion into Starfleet because I I think, uh, what was it, Um, uh, uh, Cisco had caught that one, it's like, ah, she's been with me for you know, blah 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 months or whatever, so that seemed like a a bit of an addition, yeah? Am I getting that wrong or right?
2: No, I think you're getting no. that right because mostly they they did like the, the blood samples instead. Yeah. So
1: yeah, they kind of added that. I kind of it kind of makes you wonder if they did sort of go back here and it's like hey, you know, a little memory test. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't, know. Eric. What's percolating for you, man? Yeah. I I mean, no. I I think that. Um... We never really get told how um how most of these people get taken over right we're just they're just already taken over and you know the they get one guy brings the thing on on board to it's meant for the doctor right um maybe maybe it would have been cool to see that if we could talk about like you know the the people that got taken over by the Borg here. Like David mentioned, just like the brutal way in which they got taken over using just everyday technology of the transporters. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not really thinking anything. I'm just thinking about how many people were involved and how did they get taken over.
0: I mean, we go back to uh, what was it? Admiral Quinn, I think, was the one that uh, was stating in his quarters. Uh, whenever he was talking to Riker, like that, this like specimen, this superior specimen was found on like some kind of survey mission, uh, mm-hmm. like not too long ago. So, was it Seti Alpha 5? Because it looked a lot like a little sandworm or Seti Alpha 5, but purple uh, instead of red.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> but that is kind of. Um, I mean like I just think about you know like these these aliens um, which by the way according to um, I think it's Star Trek Online uh, where they show up again I think they're named um, they're apparently called Bluegill as a species the Bluegill that's all I know um, but But that's not memory alpha, so that's not, like, necessarily canon. That'd be more, like, beta canon type of thing. Um, But if we did call him like, the bluegill or something like that, um, I mean, that's, like, one heck of some planning right there. Like, you know, you're in some unexplored part of, you know, the cosmos, and you just plant yourself or in, like, you know, some of your brothers and sisters or whatever, um, in the ground, basically, for a survey team to find you, to take you somewhere, to be analyzed, for you to take over, and start assimilation, basically, of an entire species. One thing that that was occur- was um, coming to mind for my for me when I was rewatching it for this episode. Um, I wonder if this was. Uh, maybe like an early prelude to like the Borg
2: at some point I don't know I I think that's where they were going with it Mm -hmm. who knows like when that might have changed but I do I do think that's probably where they were headed originally sure
1: wasn't the whole deal though <clears throat> So the, the finale of the season The Neutral Zone Wasn't that supposed to be the introduction of the Borg Going forward but then they had the writer's Strike which kind of re, Redid season 2 No you might be right
2: about that David I,
1: I thought that was something about Because like technically the Borg I, I thought that the whole because Neutral Zone is effectively A, a nonsensical episode when you think about the canon of everything and i think that the i i thought that the idea of that was that the the enemy was going to be the borg Mm. that they that had destroyed all the outposts but then i i think it was a writer's strike and then you had season two finally come through but yeah i I don't know i could be wrong on that but i thought that was a story
2: no i think you're right because because if you watch the neutral zone it it feels like a first draft of an episode. <laughs> it really does, yeah. <laughs> doesn't it? It's uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, there might have been some editing that I need to do on this. <laughs> yeah, and, and anyway, I think this episode like would have made a great season finale, right? If you switch the con- like the neutral zone and this episode, I agree, because it just ends. Oh, there was a message out there, and like, bloop, bloop, bloop and that bloop. would have, and then end of season. Well, like. That... W- almost a cliffhanger almost a cliffhanger that that's what i was going when
1: chase was talking about it earlier i thought is like you know what this could have been like the start of the the cliffhanger into the next season i mean that would have been a great cliffhanger and then you could have had some like resolution to that particular storyline like maybe they found him or something else happened I, I i don't know but it could have been a good cliffhanger guys like
0: you know, like the Ferengi were supposed—the Ferengi were supposed to be like the big bads for for the Next Gen crew, and we saw how that played out. And then ultimately, you know, like with Q who and everything moving forward, it was of course the Borg. But can you imagine if these little critters, right? If the, if they became like the big bad for Next Gen? Like and had and had like this this particular episode as the season one finale, like do the old switcheroo with with neutral zone, have that be the penultimate, have this one be the finale, and how that would have changed the trajectory, right? <clears throat> I
2: just
1: I think, think it would of. have been like a like a funny uh, dig at uh, the the Klingons and Tribbles, <laughs> <laughs> the great Tribble hunts, the the great. P- pincer, pincer bug hunts things the federation
0: yeah
1: yeah
0: <clears throat> so with 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 this storyline um in the first really eight episodes of picard um when you think of it objectively And and this might come back in an actual retrospective for season three. When you think objectively at conspiracy and you look at, you know, those first seven or eight episodes of Picard season three, who did it better? Maybe that's unfair question, but who did it better with this conspiracy story?
2: I mean i really like the setup that we get here like, it feels like it feels like your spy movie right it it doesn't take forever to get into it i think that was one of the things that we were complaining about the one of our biggest complaints and we weren't complaining mm-hmm. about star trek cars it took a little bit it took a little ways to get into it and they kept delaying information right did we need all those episodes to get to it and i think The fact that we can get through this whole that whole storyline in in a 45 minute episode i think is pretty effective Mm -hmm. but i mean i don't think i don't think this episode can match the payoff that that picard had because it's you know 30 years of Mm -hmm. right emotional stuff there yeah so i don't know if that's an answer or not but (laughs) who did it better (laughs)
1: Well, it it is tough when you think about like just all the all the stretching and and additional writing, and I I I think the reason why Picard season three was good in and of itself was that it did a lot of the nostalgia in the right way. It made funny in the right ways. Uh, You know, there were some good and bad episodes, of course, but I I think so much of it was more of a like a goodbye Hmm. to the next gen crew, even though we we had a goodbye. I think, I mean, I I think all good things is a proper goodbye, but you you had a a goodbye to the older version of them. They're still kind of out there. So you had the nice button up because you know that there's not really a next ride necessarily for Picard. But in forms of television, Conspiracy was was a great single episode but the more I think about it the more I'm like man this really could have been like a a better thing if it were a cliffhanger like you had two episodes to do this story you know just extend it out just that little bit Um, but but again I I think that they're kind of two different things I I think Picard season three I will remember more for like a final like the, the big goodbye for Picard and in an appropriate way I think and even maybe the birth of a new show potentially you know with some of uh, you know little, little Captain 7 crew here maybe mm-hmm. but, mm. but conspiracy was really just like a kick in the pants for a series that still had so much gas left to put on the fire so it, it, to me it's two very different things
0: For, for me, I think, um, <clears throat> I think that it's, I mean, it, it is kind of comparing apples and oranges when you get down to it. Um, but for the fact that, you know, it did take so long to get to the point, you know, when we're dealing with Star Trek Picard, um, and just like a bunch of um, F-word type stuff that Eric likes to exclaim. He likes to exclaim the F-word a lot on this show.
2: I don't like to, but, you know. But he does. <laughs> filler!
0: Filler! Come on, say it for us, Eric. Okay, okay. Filler! Filler! <laughs> I need to save that to the board and just like hit that.
2: Yeah, it's got to be on the soundboard.
0: I got I got to do that. I got to do that. Yeah, I know it will. Um but yeah, like <clears throat> there's there's the there's that stuff going on, but I I mean, it might be blasphemy, but I think I kind of like conspiracy more. I think they do it better. Um in part because it is 45 minutes and like you have a compelling plot, I think. You have a good story just in general um, that like gets everyone going and um, wouldn't it be something if these aliens, you know, they were part of the Delta Quadrant or I don't know, fluidic space, you know, and there was like some kind of like alliance of dastardly aliens or something like that, Um, like Species 8472 and these folks and, you know, whomever else. Um, that we get to like run into from time to time you know they are like big bad sinister type aliens like that would be something Um, I still want to see them I still want to see these aliens again somewhere in Star Trek personally and I feel like it's it's a missed opportunity like we aren't going to see them again I personally don't think we're going to see them again even though I want to
2: I mean, we would have seen them by now. Yeah, yeah. Let's—I mean, let's just be honest, right? If they were going to come back, they would have come back. Would have been in an episode of Lower Decks.
0: I was about to say, if anyone's going to do I, a deep cut, it's going to be Mike Dex McMahon. Lower Decks
2: probably still could do it. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm.
0: I look if 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 Mike McMahon and company can, you know, take a dig at a black comm badge for Section Thirty-One. You know, they could totally do the conspiracy aliens again following the finale of Picard I believe in you Mike McMahon you can do it give us the beacon bring us back the purple aliens like come on let's let's do something beacons are lit yeah it turns out that Boimler's hair color is actually from ground up conspiracy aliens it's fine yeah I said what I said I said what I said Anyway <clears throat> um, there is there's is, there's is the overlap with um, with it and um, I really just wanted to like get y'all's take on it because it's kind of just uh, you know for for longtime fans like we know about it maybe for like the newcomers not aware of it that it's it's there at all and that's completely fine might be an opportunity for you to go check it out and form your own opinion type of thing. Um, and um, I, I got nothing else. I don't know what else to say. Y'all know no, I, to say. I
1: mean, at, at the bottom line though, I think you just kind of said it there. There's still a lot of magic in season one. That there, there's still there still is a lot of magic. Um, I was just pulling up some of the, some of the the episodes because I was trying to remember coming coming of age because you know that was kind of like the prelude to this. But like, you know, the arsenal of freedom. I love that episode. Mm. Uh, we'll always have Paris. Uh, I love Heart of Heart of Glory. Yeah, Heart of like, Glory. The, the Warfare episode. Yeah, the, I mean, y- you want to see a little bit of chest hair, you know? You go into uh, Haven, or was it Haven? No. Justice. Justice. Excuse me. <laughs> so just in case, you never know what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That, oh, uh, the the battle. You know, the Return of the Stargazer. That's a great episode. Like, mm-hmm. th- there's, there there's a lot of good in season one, and yeah, 1987. But y- it's, it's, it's worth a rewatch. Re-
0: now, personally, I think the best episode of season one is Code of Honor. I mean, well, obviously. Oh, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> obviously. <laughs>
1: I mean, the Naked Now's in there, too. Oh, Beverly. Beverly. Oh,
2: man.
0: If you want to see uh, see Riker fall in love with um, a hologram...
2: That's in there. That's
0: in there. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot
1: of stuff.
0: Oh, good gracious. Well, I don't know. Um any final thoughts guys? Eric, anything for you man?
2: No, I don't have any final thoughts. Okay.
0: David? Nope, I think I'm good. Okay. I'm I'm good too. I'm good too. So, um now that we've definitively determined who did it better, um let's um let's talk about a really important part of the show. Okay. And that of course is the Twitter poll. Yes. All right. <clears throat> I feel like I've kind of already introduced this, but uh, we're going to do it anyway. So the really important question that was posed to the people of the Twitter sphere uh, was this: Should future Star Trek revisit the conspiracy aliens from Star Trek: The Next Generation, season one? The choices were: Make it so. Or negative. That's it. Make it so. Make it so? Okay. Yep. Might as well. Why not? Why Why not? not? You don't know how dastardly it would be. I mean, come on now. Alright, well, since there's only two choices, we're going to get to the answer real quick. So coming in... With 25% of the vote, which is um, the loser, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. The answer is negative, which means our winner with 75% is Make It So. Make It So. Make It So. I want to see them, man. Like, come on. We have, like, we had some freaking Indiana Jones style action at the end of this show. I mean, we had like a exploding head, a exploding body. Come on now, if you like Indiana Jones, like you'll love this episode. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> well, I think that's it. Like I said, this is a mini, like a a, a shorter episode. Maybe it's more traditional. I don't know um, what this is. I mean, we we typically do like. On average, like 90-minute episodes, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's usually what happens. I'm letting y'all go to your quarters early, apparently. I don't know. It's weird. So. All right, gang. Well, um, <clears throat> we'll be back again sometime soon to talk about more um, Picard-adjacent-type stuff. Um, and also gearing up for um, uh, Strange New World Season 2 coming up um In about a month about four weeks from now actually so watch out now um guys as always thanks for for stopping and talking trek with me even if it is a a really short episode or a really really long one thank you very much always fun chit-chatting with you guys um but all y'all in listerland uh what'd you think um who did it better who did it better was it um picard as a as a series or was it next gen uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, make sure you, um, you know, get in contact with us, let us know your thoughts, um, or leave a comment um, you know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'd love to, to check that out. We're on all the things, Facebook, and Instagram, Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Of course, you can send us a note directly to uh, TRTVPod at gmail.com, or you can send us a voice-only transmission eight one seven seven five two four seven five seven. 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit uh, before we start questioning who you are. So make sure you say the right thing. Other than that, if you want to mail us something, you can do that. Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to bold to go and make it so.